He's just a hack. He's just an absolute hack. And he gets his ass kicked by his teammates every week. It's just, you know, it's terrible. It's just terrible. Welcome back to the city. Joe DeLeo and Sean Anderson, two former college football players here talking week 11 of college football. Sean, how are we doing today? I, I can't encourage the Billy and Mandy clips on Twitter enough. It, it's it's all that I, I look forward to doing after I get off work. It's just scrolling, watching the the the. There's some dude. You got it. <laughs> he almost. Not the I, almost I was gonna, expecting. I almost gotta exp- encourage you to tap into the, to it. It's so out of pocketly funny uh, that I can't I I can't describe it. I, I, every clip is a sound drop. I'm not gonna lie. I was never that in. I've watched Billy and Mandy, but it was one of those shows where I don't know. I was always a little freaked out by it when we were kids. I don't, sure, why wouldn't you be? But the clips are great now as adults. The clips out. are great as adults. I was that was never a one seed for me. Ed, Ed and Eddie was a one seed for me easily um, on Cartoon Network. I was Curse the Cowardly Dog was way too much for me. That was way too much. Oh, that was the the freakiest, worst, and most terrible cartoon ever produced. That horrible, horrible content. The I know you haven't, but there's a couple really freaky movies called Hereditary and Midsummer. I haven't watched Midsummer because it's a scary uh, cult movie. I, I there's yeah. way no business with that. But yeah. they have to have drawn upon some type of uh, 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 inner workings of humans to to scare children that badly in that show. Like there's no way it should have been that scary because they did it perfectly. Right, they did it so perfectly. Where in a cartoon, it's that creepy, and it's not some creepy pasta animation where it's distorted music or anything. It's just scary, scary. And there's, there's, there's nothing about it that, like, it, I don't understand how it's a children's show. Like that's the thing. I don't that know if make I would be to me. because it's genius because it's a children's show and kids are either like. SpongeBob well, the demented, or demented who- the demented older brother kids that that have an older well, brother that have have seen sh- some shit. But my point is that the demented fucks who made it made it off of the premise that oh we can watch this and this is you know or kids will watch this and like oh look at the silly cartoon dog but they were really trying to freak the hell out of us and traumatize us. I am oh, willing 100%. to bet it is some you know creepy effed up. Uh, you know, fetish or something. I'm willing to bet. I think we were there. I would say maybe we were in like a like an Ivy League experiment. That's quite possible. Like Columbia. Yeah, to see the brain damage. Yeah, to see the brain damage. I would believe it. Um speaking of Twitter, and before we get to the games, as we just kind of let God. some people file sure. in here. Today might have been the biggest mess possible on Twitter, and I'm w- I can't wait for the rest of this week. But the fact that one ball sack sports is now verified and then two, we are going to have all these fake verified accounts pretending to pe- be people without any way to prevent that from happening is appalling. Like I, the Aroldis Chapman thing, the LeBron thing, the Josh McDaniels thing. I wonder how bad it's going to progressively get because even without the verification mark, people were still getting caught. Yeah, I, uh, I'm not paying for it. Are you paying for it? I wouldn't no, so. I, unless you get, but like, how do you not, get, how do you get verified without paying for it? Like, I don't understand. The, the, the so verification now. was like closed up for a while, unless you, I think knew somebody or you were mm-hmm. just a really big deal and, and somebody else knew somebody at Twitter. But now like there's applications where you have an affiliation and then you, you write out what you do and why you're either a public figure or right, someone that right. needs to be who you are. Like you or I could actually submit, a claim, I think, uh, with our statuses as of right now, I think it's big enough. Because uh, because uh, I've tried to before, and you need to be like a reputable journalist on like a with a, with yeah, a credible see, site. I see Kevin Moore and like Tyler Cruz are are, but they you know they're actually doing reporting and stuff like that. So and they have the third of the amount of followers that we have. <laughs> Not hating. I'm not hating. That's Joe doing the hating, but it is what it is. I, don't know, I just don't have a lot of respect for. Uh, never mind. I'm not going to go do that. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I say enough bad things on this show. I'm not going to. Not for them specifically, but for someone for for specific types of media people. Go I'm on. not going to. I'm not going to no, go. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not. How are you gonna, going on while not going on? How is I'm not that, gonna, how is that possible? I'm not, not going to finish. You're trying to shut it down, but you keep on get, making it worse. Uh, I'm shutting it down, but I'm not going to shut down. Sean, uh, I have not shut down my 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 get. Wait, this last thing, last random 
tail off topic before we get into this because sure. I was going to set you up for the read. And I got back into sports betting this week and I placed an egregious 11 leg parlay for the hell of it. But, dude, they didn't pass legalized sports betting in California. It is the only state to not pass yeah. it because of these self righteous dickheads in this state. I'm sick of it. This is, it's ridiculous. How it, everyone here thinks in California thinks that they're so goddamn, uh, like, they're above like they're it. God's gift to the right. They think that they're above it to the point where they can't they just pass scam the nation out of like a billion dollars in the Powerball. What are you talking about? How, how are you going to scam everybody? Not confirmed, but very solid conjecture from me. You scam the nation. California needed some dough. So they said, mm -hmm. hey, we'll shut down this Powerball thing. We'll, ha we'll, we'll mess around with it for a little bit and we'll give it to somebody in Pasadena by the Rose Bowl on a single ticket winning. Congratulations to him. Your life has changed, but look! Look at all that revenue that just goes. Uh, to screw California. that! Go screw that guy! Screw just that guy! Just a, just a, 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 I didn't even buy the Powerball. I should have. There's something so great about it. Just thinking what you would do, even though some people it, it doesn't take that good of an effect on them because they're like, oh, I lost, and now my my life is worse. But for me, it's like, I don't know. It's kind of like tripping. Like you know how people like will trip and have ego deaths and stuff like that. And some people are like, yeah, I never had that because I'm comfortable with myself. I like thinking that lottery dream. It, it is so much fun for me. In all, in all honesty, too, I think about sometimes doing it. But my one friend, I mean, like we all have that one friend who financially is doing the best out of everybody. And he uh -huh. is the only one of our friend group that always buys a lottery ticket every time. So sure. Like, I mean... I mean, his logic's great. It's like, I mean, I'm probably not going to win it, but you never know. Like, it's it doesn't hurt to to buy the ticket, so it's a it's a good right. point. I don't um, know. Yeah. Speaking of sports betting, though, Sean, I placed a nine legger or something like that. I, I placed a fat college football parlay. A lot of picks, especially ones from from the slate of games that we're going to be talking about today. But uh, what what betting action are you involved in on? And I, by the way, I did use Bet Online. Okay. Yes. Good. Um, look, there's a lot of insane NFL lines this weekend. I mean, just a yeah. lot of crazy ones. I know we're college football. We talk college football, uh, but NFL there, the, the, there's just some craziness. I'm looking up the line for Atlanta, Carolina. I don't bet on Atlanta because that's my team. And I, uh, I, I just can't go. Why are they favored? Against who? Carolina. Atlanta's Carolina favored stinks. by two I, and a I, half. Well, they should be. I mean, Carolina stinks. Carolina so won, should have won the game three times versus Atlanta. Last time they played two weeks ago. I hate I hate Atlanta so much. Whatever. If you like Atlanta being favored by two and a half or Carolina being favored by two and a half, which you should, take Carolina plus seven. Take Carolina minus seven. They're going to beat Atlanta tomorrow night. Uh, head to bet online. Uh, it's always the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag. Receive your 50% welcome bonus for your first deposit. Make sure you use the promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Sean, thank you for doing the read. Uh, we got fresh yeah, dropping in his predictions uh, and some some questions you got. Anyone who is hopping in, drop a question in. We're going to get to them at the end of the show. Sean, the three games that we're previewing this week, Alabama at Old Miss, Oregon at Washington, and then TCU at Texas for a very key Big 12 battle. Yeah, it's a big Sean, let's start off with let's start off with Alabama at Old Miss. 9 at 11. Now, we know that there's tension, uh, unreported and unverified tension between Lane Kiffin and Nick Saban. There's the, what do you the mean? alleged. Kiffin, Kiffin tweeted out a picture of Lane's book today. There is. He's so great. <laughs> the best that? The best part about that, but did you see that the dog account, which I know goddamn well that he he operates oh. that account, tweeted out like something about he referred to him as grandpa. He referred to, to Nick Saban as grandpa. And that's even more fucked up because of the alleged. I, I don't know if, if you know this or not, but there is uh, speculation. And I've heard from a couple of different people that apparently uh, Kiffin had been, uh, let's say, interacting with Saban's daughter. That's that's all I that's all I'm going to leave it at that. So that to place that tweet out there, if that is true, is pretty ungodly chirping to be saying that. <laughs> Nobody has bigger balls. Nobody on this planet has evil Knievel. 
not not bigger balls. No no yeah. stunt man. Any of the the city free climbers that are climbing the skyscrapers. Who do you how how do you even say something like that? What a menace! He's just a menace. I love it. I love it. You're a menace. Go ahead, be a menace. If people think you are, why not buy into it, Lane? You know why? Because I'm gonna get I'm gonna get juiced up about it. You give us something to yeah. talk about. Hey, congratulations! I, I'm glad that he's finally. He's such a heel, but for though oh. uh, he's he's the biggest what? heel, but he's also the the fucking the greatest baby face of all time for someone that likes him. But but that's the thing though. The thing with Lane Kiffin and in, in, in this matchup is that he's the heel, but at the same time, and we've talked about us on the show. Lane Kiffin is one of the most charming men in college football. He's yeah. like he's kind of like an, a goof, and it's like it's like oh, it's Lane, and like everyone just kind of laughs along. I don't think anyone hates him, he's, but at the same he's time, he's a caricature of himself. It's a supported. I, I don't know how to describe it because there's not even like a characterization of what he's doing. There's never been anything like this. It's unprecedented where he's just trolling the teams that he's about to face off against. And he's trolling a guy that he, again, has had open admitted tension with outside of the, you know, the, the daughter speculations. They apparently weren't even really on talking terms. Like there's all these just speculation of how much they hate each other. I don't think they interact with one another to do that. Stepping into this game when Nick Saban, is probably questioning his future. Is probably questioning, you know, what he's going to be doing, uh, you know, after this season. And on top of that, probably extremely frustrated about what happened. Him losing to Brian Kelly, a guy that he's been dogging for the past five or so years. It's perfect timing, and it's how you piss off Nick Saban. You got to do it when you're playing him at home. Here's what Kiffin has done. He has made himself an archetype. He has been he now people that follow him that act someone like him. It's like actors. Oh, we want a, a Seth Rogen type. Oh, we want a, a Matthew McConaughey type. He th- that's an archetype. Kiffin is an archetype of himself. That's what he is. 20 years ago, my Kiffin's done coaching. This guy's this guy's Kiffin. This guy's oh, we want a Kiffin or we don't want this guy. He's a Kiffin. He's that's what he's become. It's so fascinating. It is fascinating, and it's you know maybe he's got like a little bit of that Mike Leach in him. In him, he's just so different. And in this matchup, to me, like I we've done we did notes for all these games and such that we're talking about today, and I, I try to have some contextualized stats for when we want to bring him up. But honestly, I don't know how if any of that means anything. Lane is going to come out in this game and pull all the stops. He is going to show up and do literally everything that he can do to win this football game. This is the Super Bowl for them because realistically speaking, they're out of winning the East. LSU is probably most likely going to win out unless Brian Kelly does Brian Kelly things and completely stumbles over himself. But this is this is their shot. Like this is their shot to legitimately place themselves in a really good position for a big New Year six game. But most importantly, to get back at Nick Saban, who he clearly does not like. Anything can happen. And hell, the headline that I wrote down, I think it's just the only way to describe this. Can Kiffin cuck Saban? That's what's going to happen. Is it going to happen this week? He, I don't think Kiffin likes seeing that he is 12-point dogs to Alabama. I don't think that Absolutely he appreciates not. knowing that Alabama has been kind of whack this year and they've been a little soft on defense and they don't have that big playmaker on offense. And then you're still giving them 12 points over you. You're down 12 if you want to cover or push to start the game. Ole Miss is putting up 494 yards a game. Alabama's putting up 482. Typically, yeah. this defensive matchup for total yards allowed would, would be halved by Alabama. Kiffin, uh, Kiffin and Ole Miss, not great here with a 378 per game. Uh, but Alabama, 303. I, I that's think a little that I, I haven't seen that in a while from them. Yeah. Maybe I think ever. if we take if we take this look in like as you're you're taking it into what has been successful for both these teams. Ole Miss is a really good rushing attack. Zach Evans and Quinshawn Judkins are the best running back pairing in the country. That shouldn't be a hot take. Alabama also has Jameer Gibbs, and we know that the success that he's had this season. But if we're putting these teams both down on paper, 
Alabama's defense is significantly stronger than Ole Miss's defense. Agreed. Like we haven't seen an embarrassment type week from Alabama's defense, except for maybe the Tennessee game, which was a really, really rough game. Ole Miss got embarrassed by LSU. And like that's that's what Alabama's going to try to recreate is that type of production against Ole Miss. Here's the thing that was at LSU also, though. They're yeah. home dogs, Ole Miss is. 12-point home dogs. They're in Mississippi. I know it's starting at 3.30. It's not a night game. It doesn't need to be, though. Mm-hmm. That's that's not that, that's a, That could be a home field advantage because I think the Ole Miss kids and students and everyone that goes there a little sick and tired of Alabama. A little sick and tired. Now you have the opportunity to stick them with a three-loss season for the first time in a decade. Go do it. I think that they could, or so they let could me, at least cover twelve. Let me ask you this: uh-huh. speculation aside of like what could happen, what do you think happens here? Do you think that Alabama is too down bad that coming off of this LSU loss, they're hungover, or do you think they're galvanized? Do you think that this is a rallying point for Nick Saban? Because I mean, realistically speaking. Saban in his in his career has always turned around to huge victories after yeah. bad performances. And I think that he's the type of coach that is going to rally his team and get them ready to go. But at the same time, this is an unprecedented season for the Crimson Tide. I don't think that this game is close at halftime between the two. I think Alabama gets out to a hard oh. lead. Oh. And then if I don't even I think Alabama's going to play how they're going to play in this game regardless. Uh, of home field advantage, all that stuff. It, it depends on if Ole Miss can step up to the situation. That's what it, it's dependent on because they're going to be down at half. Ole Miss will be. And is it going to be, okay, let's pack it up? Or is it going to be, hey, let's start coming back. Let's start scoring a little bit and try to get some momentum going on our side because Alabama doesn't face opposing momentum very well this season. They don't. Mm-hmm. Whereas years past, it's like, hey, we're Alabama. I don't care if you guys think you have the momentum. We're still a better team. I don't know if they genuinely genuinely think that way this year. Whereas Ole Miss, if they get momentum, maybe they can drive that stake into the into the chest. I do not think it'll be close at halftime, though. It could be twenty four to seven. It, it, it first quarter, Alabama could have uh, two scores pretty easily. I have significantly more confidence in Ole Miss, and this is one of the few games this whole season and, and this week, as I said earlier, where preceding performances are almost neutralized. They're taken out of the equation for predicting this game. I just really believe that Lane wants to win this one badly. I think that Alabama likely wins this football game, and this is going to be a win for Alabama. But based on the fact that they haven't been able to pull away from their more difficult matchups easily, this feels like a closer game for me, especially for the fact they haven't traveled well. They haven't traveled that that well at all this season. And nope. the two best examples are their two losses when they traveled to Neyland to play Tennessee and when they traveled to play LSU. Their inability and Texas to, and Texas. That's a, I completely for, I always forget about the Texas game because it feels like it was a complete other season ago. But that's yeah. another really good example of a game that they probably would have lost if Quinn Ewers didn't get hurt in that game. So their inability to travel, their inability to get started quickly is very problematic. Uh, but I think it's realistically going to be a little bit closer because they're going to face. If this was at Bama, I think it'd be, be a completely different, completely different story. Um, but give me a close victory for Alabama. I get so worried. I, I could lean close victory for Alabama. I get so worried about that second half for Old Miss. I just do mm. because I, I don't see them winning the first half. Just in my gut, it's not telling me that they're going to go out and, and, and set the tone. Alabama's going to set the tone in the first half. Are you going to crumble like you did versus LSU, or are you going to step up and and get a win or or make it close and competitive? God, this pisses me off. They could be something. They decide not to be. Part of me me thinks that Jackson Dart's not really the guy. He's been fine, but they don't have anyone that's that's really ascending. You know, like they don't have – I feel like all these really good teams have – a quarterback that takes him to that next level. And like even Jaden Daniels is that type of guy. He's not like a, a premier passer, but he's such a good athlete that he has set his team up for offensive success. He is able right. to just like that long touchdown. He scored 
in in overtime. Like that's a Heisman moment right there. There's not a lot of guys that are doing that, making that play in overtime, except for Jaden Daniels and some others that we've seen have big performances. I just think that like maybe that's what's holding them back. Like Judkins and Zach Evans are fantastic. They're so fun to watch. They're electric. Again, best running back pairing in the country. But if you're predictably running the ball so often and kind of what happened in the LSU game, it works for the first half of the game. And then eventually you run out of steam. If you're yeah. able to slow them, slow down the rushing attack, they're kind of taken out of the game. I like that point. All right, let's move on to the next game. Number 22, UCF at number 17, Tulane. This game is at 3.30 p.m. on ESPN2 this Saturday. Oh, my God. What are you looking at me like that for? (laughs) (laughs) I was actually debating putting this into our show notes, but I was like... Did you not not prepare for this? I know that it's one of the games, but like at the same time, like how much do you know about UCF and and Tulane? I'm going to watch it. It's fun. But I haven't paid attention to either of these teams. I couldn't tell you a damn thing about Tulane or UCF. I wish I could. I wish I, I try to be an, an obsessed lunatic about college football, but there's only so much that you can know about. Here's the thing about Tulane. They cover. That's what that's what you, uh, you have you made some money Tulane. off of them. Tulane last week, I was three for three in our my picks, and then Tulane was the lock of the week. Fresh has got 21. <laughs> He's fading you. <laughs> Fresh is fading you out here, Sean. 21 is is a little bit extreme. That is <laughs> that's not the line. Hold on. I have Let me to get say this line real quick. Let me get this line. He's saying 21. Okay. Before we talk about Oh my god, it's uh, it's 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 two lane favored by one and a half. You are uh, taking UCF by 21 fresh. I think I this was a part of my parlay. Would you say five and a half or something? Yeah, I don't I don't too big of a spread for me. Before we talk about Washington, Oregon, I have to say it is monumentally disappointing that this game, the UCF Tulane one, mm-hmm. is not the destination for college game day. It should be. Where it's, are they going? TCU? Uh Texas. I, I believe it's at Texas. Which oh, is yeah. they've already done it once, and like here we are, we're doing it again for a three loss Texas team. Like that's you know, really, really exciting. Um, all right, Sean, let's talk about a, a very unexciting game, but a ranked power five matchup. Number six, Oregon traveling to number 25, Washington. Now, Washington snuck their way back into the back end of the rankings. Such so as an easy ploy to say, hey, let's let's throw in the 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 three loss power five team in the back end that hasn't necessarily really done a whole lot, but they're a quality program. That now we are obviously talking about this. I'm going to keep this one straight, Sean. I'm going to shoot this one straight. Shoot Washington's straight. fine, and Michael Penix, Michael Penis Jr. has been great this this year, and they have one of the best passing attacks. They actually have the number one ranked passing offense in the country in terms of production. But man, I can't pick Oregon to not roll past them. This is just another notch in the belt, man. Oregon is the hottest team in the Pac-12 since that Georgia loss. Sorry, Michael Penix. You're not going to win this game. No, I don't think it would be just really even close either. Just on the snapshot box score here. I mean, Oregon's averaging 520 yards a game. You're not beating that. You're not beating 520 yards a game. Your defense isn't that good to hold them to underneath your average. You're not. Uh, Washington giving up 355. No, you're not. You're not doing such, all right? Also, Oregon beat Cal 42-24. Washington beat Cal 28-21. You got to do better than that. There's no, I mean, there's, there's, this game is not going to be that close. It won't be. And if it is, Oregon, like we said on the last stream, will just switch, uh, flick the light on, boom, hey, we're Oregon. We're going to track meet you. You're not going to touch us. And then we're going to also bully you if we want to. Right. So there's two things that you hit on there that I think provide really good context for this. And again, I'm so sorry for any Washington fans who are either are watching the clip or are tuning in in the in, in the recap. Washington's production that is placing them so highly in terms of total yardage, passing yardage, all that dandy stuff. A lot of it comes in garbage games. Like it's a lot of like garbage time production. There's not a lot of production against the the more difficult games on their schedule and they don't really have a lot of premier wins like i don't have a reason 
to be bought in on them. What buoyed them so much was the way that they embarrassed Michigan State. And we all know that Michigan State is much more average than we thought that they were at the beginning of the season when they were ranked really highly. Right. Your point is perfect. Of is, course it is. Uh, oh, shut up. I give you what? credit once. Don't, 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 don't. Your point is good. It's, it, it, it's well, a, you it's said it was perfect. Fine. It's a perfect point that Oregon, when they have shown signs of weakness and they have started slow, they have proven to have one of the most well-rounded, most explosive offenses, as well as being protected by one of the best offensive lines in the country and should be the winner of the best offensive line in the country at the end of the year that they can, they can be down by two, three scores and they're going to get back in the game into in an instance. They are one of the most well-rounded teams in the country. I feel like they consistently keep getting knocked and disrespected on a week to week basis. When it comes to rankings and discussions, everyone says that USC is going to roll past them to win a big 12 or so those pack 12. You're one of those people. Um, (laughs) But again, to your point, Oregon is a is rolling. They are hot. Washington's not the team that's going to knock them off. If anyone's going to do it, it's going to be USC, which is probably not going to happen. Maybe all Bo Nix ever needed was a little bit of time in the pocket. Maybe that's all he really needed. And I know he's in a scheme <laughs> that works for him, uh, and and uh, and it's going good. But this Oregon team. It's frustrating that they're actually making it a, a real conversation about them being in that top four. It's a little frustrating because I'm ready for the Pac-12 this year to say, all right, see you. Bye-bye. All right, Big 12 ready to say bye-bye. Let, let, let's uh, let's get past this. But they're hanging around. This is making it frustrating. You know, if if both USC and Oregon could just take a loss before the, before the championship game, we say, okay, you're the SEC championship. Uh, uh, just, just take your, your New Year's bowl, have a good time, but you won't be in the final four that can happen with a big 12 also for all that I care. Uh, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to get to the good stuff. Fair point. Uh, so after our whole banter about Oregon, thank you for aim Botter for telling us that Oregon side, I, I, I disagree. That's the, two very simple statements. Oregon sucks. I disagree. <laughs> You don't want to elaborate I, on why Oregon doesn't suck. Well, I just gave the whole bit of Come why on, that's a real suck. that's a that's a real comment as to why uh, 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 Oregon does not have enough to play with when it comes to being in the top four of the season. You, he doesn't believe yeah. that uh, Oregon compete can, can compete with the Georgia or Michigan or Ohio State or Tennessee because Oregon sucks. <laughs> that, that's that's some astute analysis. I, I I mean, I, I appreciate the banter. That's all I'm going to say. I don't believe uh, you do. Speaking of banter, uh, Alex Frank is all horned up here to talk about the Horn Frogs. Oh, you're a boo. 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 <laughs> boo. <laughs> Alex, we are getting you to the Horn Frogs. Stink. You stink on ice. Our last matchup before we get to reacting to comments. Again, anyone who's joining us, drop a comment. We are going to talk about... Uh, any of the remaining thoughts at the end of this, but the last game that we're talking about on today's show that we're previewing TCU traveling to play at Texas, number four versus number 18. This game has huge implications on the outcome of the big 12 less for TCU. Cause I think if they lose, they are in a nice spot where they can still play in that championship game. But Texas, this is a must win. Now, there's a lot of thoughts that you can take into this equation, but the first one that I have to bring up, Sean, I am legitimately worried about if Quentin Johnston plays or not. And we saw last week against Texas Tech that when Quentin Johnston was unavailable, when he got injured early on, they had some offensive struggles. It helped that they were playing a bad Texas Tech team that they were able to recover in the second half and then easily handedly win. Now, this is not that same team. This Texas defense, when they're on, they're hot. And when they're playing at home, they're even hotter. So I am a little wary of TCU if Quentin Johnson is not available. And according to Coach Dykes, he is hopeful that he plays. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Just doing my quick maths here. Uh, Johnston, 42 catches. Duggan, 161 completions off the top of my head. That's 25% of the passes that Max Duggan has completed has gone to Quentin Johnson. 
Mm-hmm. That's a uh, that's a pretty big factor in the offense, at least for the completion standpoint. Two hundred forty-four attempts. Okay, I get it. Uh, so if we're going to average that down a ratio and let all the the Twitter analytics dorks try to tell me, oh, he's really not that much of an offense. That no, that's a big part of your offense that you're losing. You've got six hundred fifty yards on the season, four touchdowns. He has a reason that this Texas uh, Texas Texas Christian offense is, is going the way that it is, and you can't take away from the chemistry either. If you are a college team, a high school team, middle school, or a professional team, a chemistry between a quarterback and a wide receiver is, is pretty huge. And especially if you're winning, it get, just gets better. You stay after practice later. You hang out with each other more. You go to practice early in, in the locker room. You're, you're constantly throwing the ball back and forth, throwing it around. You see when teams are winning that the players on them want to stay on the field longer. The big boys don't want to be, I don't want to be on the field anymore. I, I just, I, I'm drenched in sweat. I just lost four pounds in practice. Get me to the dining hall, please. And thank you. Whereas the, the skill guys who can run for all day and the quarterbacks who can throw for all day, they're staying after practice. We saw it after a win, after uh, we strung two or three wins together, quarterbacks and wide receivers stay back, stay back longer. They do. So that is uh, uh, something that I truly believe is happening with TCU. And if you have your number one target, uh, not playing in this game. It's not great, even though Texas still pretty disappointing on the back end is what I'll say. Yeah, still pretty it's... embarrassing. That Oklahoma State game, I won't get past it. They can't cover worth a damn. They're not tackling in the defensive backfield either. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm are... not too, too worried. There have been defensive inconsistencies for Texas. And like that's to your point. TCU has one of the best yards per completion in the country like they without a doubt i know a lot of it's johnson but the diverse grouping of not only receivers and running backs but also garrett riley is in my opinion one of the best offensive coordinators in the country someone is going to swoop him up the scheming by him that there's just guys constantly wide open i give him a lot of props the fact that they're able to produce huge chunk plays the way that they do makes them really dangerous in this game. And like you're talking about the way that they played against Oklahoma state is concerning because TCU could replicate that type of production and Oklahoma state's receivers are they're okay. I think TCU has a better receiving core overall. They've got better offensive weapons and I take Duggan over Spencer Sanders any day. But again, if we get the Texas team that showed up against Kansas state, and we get the Texas team that showed up against Alabama. I have a lot of faith in Texas. Texas, and you know I what? Wait, wait. I don't do you know, know if I difference? want. I don't know. I don't know if I want this show to be judging a Kansas State win. Given our thoughts on Kansas State, with you believing yes. them to be overrated, yes. me believing them to be appropriately rated. Both uh, TCU, TCU uh, beat Kansas State by ten points. Texas beat them by seven. All right, so. How much are we going to go into this Kansas State game? Because I don't want to call Kansas State frauds. I don't want to. But uh, shoe fits, right? Shoe fits a little bit. Shoe's a little big, a little snug. It's not there. Go ahead. Before I was rudely interrupted. Go. Go then. Shit. What has has hampered Texas in their bad performances and what helped them, especially against Kansas State, is when Sarkeesian realized, hey, I can't not give Bijan the ball. If they feed Bijan the way that they did against Kansas State, there is very few, there's very few teams in, in the country that can stop Bijan Robinson. You know what the only thing that's been stopping Bijan Robinson? Steve Sarkeesian for not yeah. giving him the damn football. So if this is a normal day and they give him 25 plus touches, he's just he's unstoppable. And Don't he probably would be in the Heisman. He'd be in the Heisman conversation if if he was getting, I think, a more appropriate amount of touches for how good he is. He's still got 1,100 yards and 12 touchdowns. TCU giving up 100, about 150 yards per game on the ground. Texas only giving up 123. What are we doing? Yeah, they got a strong run defense, dude. I guess they got a wrong. This really strong I, run defense. Yeah, god damn it! If 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 Robinson goes off, this game is over. It's over. <sighs> So to the yours isn't a, but yours isn't a lock to not turn the ball over though either right so to that point if we're giving a prediction for this Sean like a concise oh, prediction boy who do you sit with oh, fuck all right I've made the decision easy uh, I'm riding the hot hand the hottest hand TCU's white hot 
They they're they're just a hot team that has won all year. I'm not I'm not going to buy in. I'm not going to start drinking the Texas Kool Aid right now. I'm not. Okay, they're not. Fuck, they have talent though. No, they don't. They they have talent, but it's not it's not polished talent yet. TCU not as talented, but that's a polished ass team that they have right there. They are are, are a te- they, they're a team that doesn't give a fuck who they're playing week to week. They're a team that goes into it with a good game plan that is well, incredibly well coached. They're disciplined and they have a quarterback they can rely on. They've got offensive weapons and they're able to, their defense is able to get off the field sometimes, sometimes. And for a big 12 team, that's all I'm asking for. Just get off the field sometimes and we, we can win a game. I was about to pick Texas, but now as I'm thinking, I have been hurt too many times by Texas, and too I know that I have times this year. Yes, I, I joined you in that, and I don't care. I don't give a shit about Texas either. But I've been I've been ready for them to do their thing, and they haven't. Especially in the prediction I had for the Oklahoma State game, like that is one of the worst games that I've predicted incorrectly, and that was very frustrating for me. As much as I think some people will like to say that I've been very TCU biased this season, I don't think that that bias is unjustified. Texas is the more talented roster. That's not a hot take, but I totally agree with your point. Texas, for some reason, in these really big must-win matchups against bigger opponents, seem to not be able to finish games. I'm leaning TCU. I think that TCU is going to come out. They're going to win this game. It's going to be a close game. If Quentin Johnson plays and he's fully healthy, that, fully that, was, recovered, going to be my, that was going to be my final caveat because I know we're doing it on, on a Wednesday. I know we're doing it on Wednesday. It could be a very big pop-off game. A lot of my confidence is relying on, on Johnston playing. I would not be saying all of this so confidently if he were not playing. And again, still up in the air. What are we going to do? But, uh, but right now, at the current state, of him, I'm under the impression that he is just by a yes that I will take TCU in that manner. All right, let's uh, let's get to some of these comments that we've got here, Sean. Okay. Uh, first one, we've got a lot of them so far at the top. Uh, when Saban retires, Lane Kiffin needs to be top priority to get him back. And then there was a follow up from Fresh. Who do y'all think Alabama should be trying to get when Saban retires? He is 72. Brian I think Harson. it's unlikely. Brian Harson. Shut the shut the fuck up. Shut the, the, what, what are you calling? That's such a Colin answer. Kirk Ferentz is that, that it's such a Colin answer. It, Why are you uh, getting mad at me? Why are you getting mad at me? Because you're turning you you loathe Colin. You you're you're so anti I love Colin. Colin. I'm so no, uh, no, no, no. I'm hot on you're Colin so right anti-Colin, now. Colin, but, but, no, 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 but no, no, no. Colin's got the coolest him. seat. Colin's uh, got the coolest seat right now. All right. He's got the cool. Yeah, I. I he, he complimented Fresh, my jacket, so me and Colin are on great did, terms. Oh, that—that's all it took. Not the fact that him and Fresh have been doing a really good job of uh, of conversing Drob? in the chat. They have what? done. Uh, they've Shh. done a very good job. I'm gonna, f- I'm gonna fight you. I'm gonna. We're, you know what we're gonna do? <laughs> National Championship Radio Row. There's a good chance that Sean and I are both here for National Championship Radio Row. You and I are gonna do a board drill in the middle of Radio Row. We're gonna do it. That'll go poorly. I'm gonna start for you. preparing. I don't care. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring a chair with me. I'm gonna bring a metal what chair. Maybe you're gonna bring a chair. Gonna That'll I'm still gonna, go poorly. I'm gonna, I'm gonna use the chair for you, leverage. I, Joe, we've gone over this. I, I, a 15 year old me could beat up a current you. I'll, I've, I've offered to, to give you a chair or a weapon. I still take we myself. I'll give you a, to, dude. I'll give you a matter. bat, and it, I, I'll still beat you. I'm throwing hands with you at College Football Radio Row this year. That makes no I, sense. I don't that know is why a, you would want to. That is a that is a promise to the. I know I'm going to lose, Sean. It's all off of principle. I'm going to start a fight with you, and we're going to get thrown out. Who are we, Radio Tracy Row. and Urn fighting on the yes. uh, fighting on the side of the road? <laughs> God, uh, we didn't answer this question. To answer this question, Shit. Kirby Smart would be perfect, but they're not going to get him because Kirby's. You know, he he's at his alma mater. Yeah. Lane Kiffin makes a lot of sense. He's a little flighty. But I th- Lane's I, a little flighty. I, th- I think he doesn't want to be there. Like I think he he would much rather be somewhere else. Like I don't think he's he's that connected to Alabama. Like well, I I almost don't even know who made is this is this Bill O'Brien's job? Who who's dummy uh, that just got fired? Matt Rule, maybe? 
No, it's got to be like a Bama I mean, guy. Maybe. It's got to. It's got to be like. It's going to be like a, a Shashevsky pass off type of a type of a deal. You know, it's going to be one of those situations. Or like a Bella, like a Belichickian type of a pass off. Like I don't. What about Coach Prime? That's one that I've seen because I, I think that they're. The CFE you know, guys really hot on, on Coach Prime going to a, a city though, like Phoenix. They're really high on yeah. him going to Arizona State. So that's that's what I've said. Yeah. Um, how well do y'all think Chip Kelly uh, has done with UCLA? I think he's been fantastic, and I've said this really before, good. Sean. Really good. I don't think he's leaving UCLA. Like I, I don't mm. think like I think he's in the perfect spot. Like he's dealt with too much tension in other programs, and especially in the NFL jobs that he has. Like pressure. Why would he, Right, there's no pressure. pressure. He's already exceeding expectations. They're ranked in the top 15. That just do yeah. that every single year, and UCLA fans are happy. The non-existent UCLA fans. Right. You don't have it. You you got a fan base that doesn't give a shit. Doesn't go to the games. And you still win and get paid. Love it. All right. Let's. What other comments do we have? Uh, oh, this is you commenting on the comments. Uh, whoa, whoa, what was that comment? What was that? It was it was Who you commented saying, that? I can't believe she, she oh yeah, that was all commenting on your own stream. Uh, no, no, that's Sean Anderson guys making some good points. Actually, we 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 answered too many freshers, uh, too many of uh, freshers questions. So Colin said, "Sup boys, anyone else clean out a bar last night?" Colin, give us context. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah, were you? Um, I like that. Uh, no, were Colin, you it was a Tuesday. Volunteering part time to, to uh, yeah, clean I'm a, trying to a bar. Is that what happened? I'm trying to not drink on Tuesdays as much as I love yeah. to. I'm praying for you, Colin. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I don't know if that was a brag or a cry for help. I don't know. I what think it was a brag. He's just chopping um, it up in Delaware, clearing up, you know, drinking the bar dry. I don't know if he's in Delaware. Uh, TCU aimbotter says TCU, if they lose to Texas, TCU is done. I'd rather have LSU ahead of them. Uh, they have to come back in the second half to win a game. Yeah, I think TCU gets knocked out of the playoff conversation if they lose. Easily. That's there's no debate. No one's even thrilled to have them there. Except for TCU fans. Garrett Riley to Arizona State. I think he's not going to get hired as a head coach. A big program is going to hire him as an offensive coordinator. And I keep yelling for Notre Dame to do it. Mm-hmm. Um someone's going to hire him as an offense coordinator and then he's going to get a job. Arizona State's too soon. They're going to be looking for a bigger name, experienced guy. Steve Sarkeesian is not a terrible coach. I don't uh, think he's I'm a bad reason. coach either. He was a bad NFL coach. Hated when he was the, the O coordinator in Atlanta. Hated yeah. that team. That that offense stunk in the NFL. I don't mind him as a college coach, though. Uh, Colin did speak positively on your, uh, yeah. your jacket. I love your I love your jacket, Colin. All right, any- <laughs> let's have a bare chested uh, hug. All right, anyone anyone else who's joining in, feel free to drop a comment. Aim Botter says, give prediction for Clemson versus Louisville. My pick is Louisville. Louisville's been weird this year because like they've had Very some weird. hot games, and the way that they they smacked around Wake Forest, part of me feels that there's a possibility for it for an upset. Like this is like total hangover loss, but at the same time could be like Dabo's going to get his guys off. ready. Yeah. I don't see, I don't see Dabo having a total wheels fall off situation. In Clemson too much talent to too, too good of a team. We'll we'll keep it close though. I think it could be tied 20, 27, 27 and third. Um, can we get some praise for what honestly, Colin? Yes. I give Jim Moore a little bit of props. They won the cumble. That's their that's their Super Bowl. That's their that's All right, the big everybody, game. Thanks for tuning in to the hack. Oh, City. shut up. What yeah, yeah, you expect me not to to make the, the, the hack reference? Um okay, Alex Frank. You guys keep talking about Bijan, but ignoring Kendry Miller, who is the second best effing back in the conference. I mean, Kendry Miller's great. Like he's a fantastic running back, but Bijan's on another level. Bijan's gonna be a top 15 draft pick. I've done my film evaluation on a evaluation on him. Go check out the the draft prospects episode on the channel where Ryan and I broke him down as a prospect. Like he's fantastic. He's very, very oh, explosive. I'll do, I'll do a quick film eval on Kendra Miller while you're talking right now. Okay. The loads up. I, I can get some film here. Bijan is the reason why 
Texas has had success. Like they have won games purely off of Bijan winning them games. Plus Quinn, you are, geez, that was bad mispronunciation. Quinn, Ewers taking over a couple games, but Bijan's been a big reason for their success. I think Kendra Miller is great. He's a great player. Their success has come from Quentin Johnson and Max Duggan connecting mostly. Um, but no, I, I, I lean heavily Bijan in that matchup. If anyone's going to take over the game, it's going to be Bijan. Yeah, Kendra Miller is a, a very exciting running back because he's kind of um, he's very flexible, very light on his feet. He's always jumping in the air, always falling forward, which is very good. Uh, he's a strong runner, but he's a uh, God. Who am I comparing him to here? He he's just slippery. He's slippery, and it is his yeah. His limbs go all the over the place. Well. His arms and his legs are all well. over the place, and that makes people excited because you're like, mm-hmm. oh, there's the action. He's kind of like a, a, a firework going off, and you're like, oh, look at this dude. He could really play running back. Where I'm like, okay, he could have hit that hole. He could have not hit that hole. Regardless, no, he's very exciting, which is which is good for him and TCU and college and for his shot at the pros. But I, I'd, I'd like to see him keep it a little more uniform, just with his body movements, personally. But he's he's very good, very talented, very fast. Uh, 100% agree, my guys. My point was Kendra is rushing for 130 game and nobody knows. Yeah, I, I agree that. I feel like Kendra Miller is not getting a ton of credit and it is a little weird that he isn't getting brought well, Duggan's up Duggan's playing so well. The quarterback's always going to... Yes. If Ewers was killing it, we will be talking so much more about Ewers and not Bijan Robinson. That that's it, yeah. if a quarter the quarterback's just always going to get the 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 nod from dorks like us. He just will. So if 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 Duncan wasn't doing such a good job running that offense, then we would be talking a lot more about Kendrick Miller. This is a fun question, especially because I work with CJ. Uh, when are we going to get another CJ two K? I don't know if. I feel like a lot of athletes these days are playing receiver. Like I feel like a lot of the best athletes are playing receiver and realistically to get another CJ two K, we need another four, two guy. Like there's just not a lot of running backs that have that vision and that burst that Freaking Chris Johnson, Tyreek Hill could go. Tyreek Hill could go for 2000 this year. I know it's receiving, yeah. but that he'll right. probably be our next. If he stays on pace, which why wouldn't he? Uh, because he's doing it in Miami this year with, with a, a brilliant way to play wide receiver, and that offense is just going crazy. So he could be the next 2,000-yard uh, uh, skill guy. Oh, J- uh, Colin, it was not a subtle name drop either. It was all over. It was just such a brag. Yeah, uh, Go check out go check out Smash and Dash for anyone who's looking for it. Does his podcast that he does with Lendell White. Um, I think he's even talked about how he transformed – the running back landscape like it's always been big bruising guys and it was kind of shifting away from that Mm. but chris johnson opened the door for these more scat backs you know these these quick fast explosive running backs Ah. like an alvin kamara like a saquon barkley uh i'm trying to think who else like a nick chubb like guys not not a cj2k type back but i'm not saying that it's a direct comparison but like the like very very fast more elusive running backs than hit the whole grind out that's kind of a wild statement that's like calling yourself alan iverson of the nfl with that but 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 who if he's a better example that has let me think who else is who else has reshaped the running back mold more than Chris Johnson? I think that Chris Johnson absolutely has. Oh my God, Adrian Peterson. But Adrian Peterson is a throwback. He's he, he and Derrick Henry are throwbacks. He the was not a throwback two, when he was going in, man. 200, 230 pounds, you know, big body running back. Like that's what that's Marshall what they Falk? were. That's like a, Marshall Falk oh, issued in a whole he different was ahead era. of it. And if you want to say like Curtis Warner did it with Seattle in the eighties and the nineties before that, you can, but I'm sitting here thinking if we're talking about the new issue, the new entrance of the, the running back, Chris Johnson is the fastest running back we've ever had. Yes. But he was still running inside zone. That's the thing. He was still running inside zone. That's a good point. But I feel like those guys were ahead of their time a little bit and were uniquely used, but then Chris Johnson was the like, hey, we need to get guys like this. Like, Tree Archer's not okay, getting drafted where he's drafted. Yeah, 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 yeah. If Tree it wasn't Archer, for Chris I, Johnson. CJ Spiller might not be doing that either because CJ Spiller was supposed to be a Chris Johnson type guy also. He was always in my Madden franchise because he was so fast. I I, under, he, I know Marshall Falk is not running a 4-2, but the pass-catching <laughs> running back kind of issued in a whole new era from the 
eighties to the nineties where it's, you either have the big bruiser, you have a big guy and a shifty guy, and then you have a guy that can kind of do both at Marshall Falk. And then you have Kevin Falk and you have LT who can catch out of the backfield, even though he's such a, a true runner and how good he was. Uh, but the two uh, thousands were crazy. Cause you also had like Sean Alexander and Larry Johnson who were just bell cows for two years. Uh, Jamal Williams also who would be insane for two years and then just drop off because they were too big. So that Marshall Falk kind of Curtis Martin era where those guys mm-hmm. became the prototype. It's a little different because there's longevity with it also. So I think that that prototype of running back had the lasting power opposed to the, the, the big super fast athlete that was good for two years. Chris Johnson, but good for longer than two years, but I don't think it's had that lasting impact in the NFL that like the early on pass and run uh, uh, running backs had. I love CJ2K. I'll send you my trading cards. Please have them sign him sign them for me, Joe. Yeah, you back. I mean you've already or you know how you could and, and get it. I'm, yeah, okay. You could you could make sure you come here in in uh come to Los Angeles and I'm sure that you sure. could probably run into them when they're in the studio. So, it's yeah. It's doable. Seriously, go check out Smash and Ash. It's like one of the funniest podcasts we have on the network. Uh that they so funny tidbit on them. Lendell basically lives in Chris Johnson's house. Like he just shows uh-huh. up and then sleeps over. It's like the funniest dynamic that like they're that close of friends that they're just like Lendell's like, Hey, I'm going to just sleep at your house. Like, I'm just going to come hang out. He basically lives there. Is it? Been a couple I times like, <laughs> what? I was like when, uh, was it Gilbert arenas that went live at Nick Young's house? <laughs> just he just walked in through the gates yeah. just trying to mess with everything <laughs> it's very much the same vibe it's it's a very very similar vibe with the with the two of them they travel together they just go wherever they, they're they're boys uh you know as much as possible as much as they could be uh glassing we'll end with this colin when we celebrate election day so we were cleaning out the bar sean did you vote i didn't don't worry about if i voted I didn't vote. I'm it's not, not it's nobody's business what I voted or I if vote. I voted. It's everybody's business. Voted. It's nobody's business. You should keep it that way also. Dummy. I I, I just, uh, I was reminded. Why do you think it's appropriate to ask anybody if they voted or who they voted for? <laughs> why in the hell ask, would you even? No, 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 no. Why, I didn't no, ask no, you to no. tell me who why you voted for. Even, I don't, no, I don't no, give a no, shit no. who you Do voted for. Every single election, Sean, what'd you vote? Who'd you vote for? Did you vote? I don't, I, I hey, don't give a shit who the, you voted uh, for. It has nothing to do with that. Of course you would It was just a simple question. Did you vote? Fuck you. I didn't vote. Fuck you. I didn't vote. Good. How about that? Good. I'm glad you didn't vote. Fuck democracy. God. Whoa, whoa. God, you irritate I think Alex is agreeing with us. Fuck democracy. <laughs> Why are we? Why do you even bring up politics? I don't care that Colin was getting drunk. It has nothing to do politics with politics. We don't talk about. I I don't like talking about them either. Fucking dipshit Joe Serralo the whole day today and yesterday was talking about oh this uh, this Senate race did. I, I told him to shut up so wow. many times. He's really because he, I could say how it. funny he is at parties. I bet he's really fun at parties, Joe. He's, that, that sounds uh, like he's a dude. Not. He's yeah. overrated. He's overrated. Uh, at Joe DeLeon, at Sanderson Radio. That stock uh, is hack- falling. Joe Serralos. <laughs> That's what you're talking hack about. Hack City. Uh, honestly, Hack City on YouTube. Uh, hack City, wherever you find the pod. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate yeah, you. Yeah.